0: The fella The fella in the grain of my short The fella in the grain of my short Keep the good man on the bench
1: Welcome to the Big Kickoff League of Ireland podcast with myself Roy Shanahan and joining me as usual is Nathan Dyle from TheBigKickoff.com and Jared Mulrini, owner of TheLeagueOfIreland.com. Now, a story that broke today and may have surprised quite a few people was the news that Danny Mandrew is set to leave Dalymount and Bose for a move to Shamrock Rover. So Nathan, can you tell us a bit more about this move?
2: Yeah, like you said, it's 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 one that seems to catch a lot of people by surprise, and uh, included. It was a uh, courtesy of RTE soccer correspondent Tony Unnithill, who was talking on the um, on the RTE soccer podcast, the second best soccer podcast out there on my earth, Just saying. Uh, yeah, this came as a uh, same piece suggesting that strong rumours that uh, a deal between Andrew and uh, moving to Shamrock Rovers is a done deal, in in his words, which is um. Yeah, it's really, really shocking to see. I know his he's, he's game time has been uh, somewhat limited since the return of football due to the COVID-19 break. But a move to Bohemians, to Shama, uh, uh sorry, from, from Shama Krovers to Bohemians, I honestly would have never thought would be on the card for a lad. Like, Andrew would thought he was, in interviews, even as recently as a couple of weeks ago, Even um, he was saying that, he wants to do well at Bohemians. He wants to see where Bohemians can take can take him, even if that does go across the water. So to see that move to Shamrock Rovers has been discussed is a stranger for me.
1: And wh- why is it that he's not getting into the starting 11 at Bowles this year, Nathan?
2: I think you have a lot of good young players there, especially in the midfield. Like we've talked about uh, Grant, Ward, Lunny, Ward. Well, no, Ward's not young. We have got even guys like Warden Buckley. And you had a lad, uh, DeVoy, that came off the bench against Shamrock Rovers. So there seems to be a lot of hype around him as well in the midfield. So you have these lads, and Andre Ward up top too. you have these lads in the attacking ends uh, of the pitch-up bohemians that are just so consistent and to perform on a consistent basis. You can understand why you're not going to take them out. Uh, personally, I, I'm a big fan of them, But it is understandable when you see these lads. Like for me, I thought Twardek has been probably bugging his third this season along with Danny Grant. So they're two lads that are occupying two of them, attacking positions. It's just it's just the depth that seems to be at Bohemians and good young talent is just too much at the moment.
1: He doesn't seem to be getting much game time anyhow, even coming on as a substitute to make much of an impact. There, there isn't and else to it other than just there's better players there at the moment.
2: Look, uh, a lot as well, I think a lot of the going around, I don't know the guy personally and I, I've never even... Obviously, he's never been affiliated by any clubs or, not, or like a support or anything, but there always is a bit of a word going around that the attitude is a little bit of an issue. Yeah, guy is even uh, down at St. Kevin's when he was playing um, for St. Kevin's boys before he moved to Brighton, and then he got his move back home to Bohemians. that also said that, that said, that look, the ability on his day, and on his day, he's a cracking player, but the attitude can't let him down, and... It's it, we saw of seen it coming out. I know, look, we had the key things like social media and his ability on the pitch circuit but he's like recently on social media like to spitting at with a frontline worker and things like that. So the same, it doesn't say he's the most level-headed uh, young lads think to say to leave, so that can also be a problem that Kate Long could be looking at, and he, could, he might not want that around some of the younger lads coming in as well.
1: Yeah, Jared, is it a good move for both Danny Mandrew and Shamrock Rovers? Or what way would you see it?
0: Um, To be honest, it's a good move for him. Um, There's no doubt any young player going um, offered a contract at Shamrock Rovers, which is um, arguably one of the best teams in the country. It's a great contract for him if he can get it. Um, I'm a bit surprised by it, to be honest. Um, As yourself and Nathan alluded to there, Mandrew seems to have an an attitude problem. That seems to be the word on the street. Um, For me, he was probably one of the players of the season last season. Um, definitely, of, he, he definitely would have got young player of the year for me um, yet look there seems to be an issue there um, for Sharmack Rovers uh, it's hard to know they're, they seem to be bringing in an awful lot of midfield players uh, now I know Greg Bulger is injured um, they could lose Jack Burns so maybe they're looking at it in that sense but they have a lot of midfielders there at the minute but look it's a great move for him there's no doubt about that he is, he is a very talented player but um, I think everyone thought that after his season last year at Bowles they were expecting another season again this year, something similar. And after that, it was a case of he he was moving back to England, or back to the UK anyway. So look, it's it's a surprising move. And um, he hasn't played; he's got very little game time this season. Uh, I know this season is very strange with it being a truncated season with uh, so little games. He has not really got into a slower rhythm. But there's other players have seemingly, you know, stepped ahead of him. So look, if that's his if that's his option. There's no better club in the country than Shamrock Rovers and good luck to them. If you don't mind, we, we jump in lads with a quick little question for you. you think he'd get into that Shamrock Rovers
2: midfield? Like with the likes of uh, we know like Bourne might live but here at the moment you have Bourne, Finn, McAniff, Green, O'Neill even someone like Dylan Watts they can't get a game and he's a fantastic player of Shamrock Rovers. Would you Would you slit, slot him in to that midfield that's coming to you?
0: It very much depends on his attitude Nathan. If his attitude is all wrong he won't get within a an nasty roar of it. Um, but if he if he puts his head down, gets stuck in, yeah, his attitude is right. Like when he came to the Bulls team last season, everything seemed to set. He seemed to settle down. He got into the team early. Everything went well. Obviously, he has a couple of issues regards kind of discipline. He got sent off a couple of times. Got sent off in the, I think the F.B.I. Cup semi final, Um so that didn't help their cause. But look, it depends on the player. Like it's really up to him. It, his career can go one of two ways. He can if he knuckles down, gets stuck in and sees the move to Shamrock Rovers as a as a great chance, he has the he has the opportunity to do well. If he goes in with the attitude that he seemingly has at bows, he won't be there long.
1: Yeah, no, and I, I do think that you mentioned there, Jared Jack Bourne could very well move out there and that might be his opportunity, but that, that doesn't guarantee anything. you said, attitude has to make sure that he stays there and he, he becomes a big part of it. Now, Jared, there was only one game to start the week off with and uh, to discuss, and that's something I predicted weeks ago. After a 5-1 defeat to Drogheda on Monday night and Bray knocking three past them with no reply, Cabin Thiele have finally started to crumble.
0: They have, haven't they? Um, I kind of predicted it. Okay. I didn't. I, to be honest, I didn't predict that they'd have the season or the crumbling as they're having the last few games. They've been quite poor. Um, it's been quite dramatic, was, hasn't know, it? So like
1: it, from the start that they've had. Has.
0: Yeah, it has. It's Very dramatic. As we said, I think the, the last time we mentioned, it, we talked about Kevin Sheely. They were just after um, losing. I think it was UC, or was it UCD? They lost to um, our boys in the cup. Um, they, they just, they had played Longford during the week. They had a great result. They came back and they lost heavily to UCD. But look, you kind of expect that they're a part time team. Playing two games in a week is, is, a, is, a diff- is a difficult thing. They went to bowls, lost in the cup. And since then, now, to be fair, they played two of the more strongest teams in the division in Bray and Rahada. They were the two teams that most of us would have predicted would have been up there at the top of the table at the start of the season. But to lose heavily in both games now, both games were away from home. I know there's no crowds, but still, they still have to travel. And um, it's not fair for Andrade. But playing two two games like that and to ship eight goals, it's not great. It's 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 a poor it's a poor run of of uh, results. But the only thing is, when you look at the table, they're still not too far away. They're only a point off, drawhead at the top of the table. So it's not disastrous from that from that respect. Um, they have to play at loan. Shamrock Rovers 2 then Galway United, Galway United and Wexford in the next four games so it's not inconceivable they can get back on track but it was a poor set of results for Cabin there's no doubt and I'm sure uh, Pat Devlin isn't too pleased
1: Yeah Cove also gained a couple of victories over the weekend t- taking a big scalp with uh, league favourites Drogheda and also beating Shamrock Rovers 2 by a single goal Nathan there's quite a few teams there's leave six teams separated by only three points and I suppose if any of them can put four or five wins in a row or four or five wins out of six together, it could see them claim that top spot because it's it's that short season syndrome, isn't
2: it? Yeah, we've been saying it now for a couple of weeks that it is uh, it is going to be the one main aspect of the short season that if you can put a run of two or three games together, all of a sudden you find yourself in the upper echelons of the league but before you experience, if you lose one or two games you're, go- you're, do- you're going to know story quickly it's just the way it is yeah like I said from 4th place to 6th place there's only 3 points between them so like it really is going to be a, a tight sprint to the finish and like if you have someone like Cole Van Vlop who we probably tip there. there's no decent mid-table team they're going to be tough to play against but fans that are finish 5th or 6th all of a sudden they find themselves 1 or 2 wins or 1 or 2 bars away from like decent teams around them and they're going to be pushing up the playoffs, and that's just the way the way it's going to be like. And we, like, even the teams ahead of them, there's some, there is some decent teams ahead that we thought would finish in the playoffs. But look, you don't know, you really don't. I personally, I didn't think Coventry would get beaten twice over the weekend. But it's just the way it's going to be. Like there is no rubber games in the league now at the moment in the Premier Division or the Fourth Division, so it is going to throw up some mad results. So if you're someone like Cole Ramblars, it's definitely a situation that. You
1: would have bit someone's hand over at the start of the season, but yeah. Um, Kevin Thiele have a loan this weekend, so they really need to, to turn things around and get a win. There. If, they, if they if they don't get the, the three points under their belt this week, uh, you could see them free fall and confidence shattered. But one team whose confidence has gone in the complete opposite way is Galway, and they've had two fantastic wins away one against that loan, and of course, an in-form UCD, Jared John Caulfield starting to turn things around.
0: Yeah, he's uh, done well, but you have to look. You have to take all these results in, uh, you know, perspective. They beat Hatlohn, and um, before the uh, UCD get results, now they should they they should have been expecting to beat Hatlohn, Um but they made it hard work of us. To be fair, they got a penalty, went one nil up, and then the game was still in the balance until one of the At-Lone players got sent off, and Galway went on and won comfortably. Now, to be fair, the game against UCD during the week was a big surprise. Um, UCD went after coming off uh, a massive win against Wexford over the weekend when they won 8-0. So it, it, but it's very hard to put back-to-back performances together. So I think Galway United, look, it was a great result. There's no taking away from it. Um, John Caulfield has made a few changes. He's, but their confidence has come back, especially in defence. They've kind of kept clean sheets, which is good to see. Um, and Mikey plays, and in the current seem to be getting the goals up top. So it's a good, it's a good sign. Um it's always good to win, to win games. They've won two in a row, and they're making steady progress. And um, they're six points out of the playoff places. It's not inconceivable that they could grab one of those, but they, they need to keep winning games. And um, that's their biggest problem now at the minute. They need to keep winning and hope that teams above them slip up. Um, so it's not it's not particularly in their hands as yet. But look, they've done very well. Uh, John Coffee has come in. He got a bit of a reaction in the cup game against Shels. They played well in that for a period of time until they wilted near the end. But yeah, they've done they've, they've done excellent. They have Shamrock Rovers too, Wexford and Camatilia in the next few matches. So yeah, the opportunity is there if they keep winning those games. They could put pressure on the top six.
1: Yeah, and as said, three points separating uh, six teams, so uh, anything's possible. And the teams are going to be beating each other left, right, and centre. So there is a chance for them to catch up, as long as they can put a, a little bit of a run together. But confidence is everything, and and he's certainly breeding that at the moment. Now on Saturday afternoon, the weekend's big game was in Tala for a forgettable Dublin derby. If there was ever a game that does be fueled by the fans, this is the one, Nathan.
2: Yeah, big time. Yeah. I think a lot of us are starting even fans and players alike we're starting to get used to it in a weird way of fans not being there but this was the one even game that I watched myself and said Jesus you missed the fans for this one. <laughs> it's
0: it's
2: I, I know a lot of games like we're the League of and clubs up and down the country the fan bases are fantastic that's what won the league it's a passion the fan bases but when Sean McGovern and Bohemian's meet it's, it's a different level altogether like if you saw it the atmosphere is part and parcel of the game you could have a 10 minute spell when nothing's going right in the game and all of a sudden one bad tackle goes in, and the stadium is open arms, the players are back motivated there's all there's, there's a buzz back to the game where it was really missing that I thought it was really missing that bite of a of a, a typical Dublin Derby that you'd expect in the league, and I think a lot of it well, probably most of it has to be put down to the lack of fans in the stadium like, I know you don't want to be looking for a for, do for the game anything but there's one or two like you know Roy really tackles and one like you know, a couple of bit of handbags, which I don't expect. But it was just seemed down straight away and the game went back to a plodding pace. A lot of the games especially in the second half, the ball was going out play for throw wins and stuff for three kicks. It was just very stop start and it just it lacked the real gravitas that you that you used on the occasion.
1: Jared Jackborn last year, he kinda he was the main man last year. This year, is he having the same impact? Probably
0: not. Um, but I suppose that's more down to tactics from the teams they're playing against. Like As you know, like Rovers over the last few games, especially against uh, Shelburne and against Pat, the midfield is very packed. Um, most teams are playing one man up top, so they're packing the midfield with five midfielders. They're not really giving them time on the ball. Um, so look, it, it is very difficult. Now, I know Rovers are very good on the ball. They try to make space, they try to get Burn in position, but it's very, very hard especially now with the truncated season, as we mentioned now on numerous occasions already. You know, there's, there's, there's so few games. Um, the teams they're that, that Rovers are playing against, every point is so precious that in a lot of their games, they're just packing the midfield, realistically going there, looking to try and grab a point. It's the best really they can hope for because they know if, they, if it's an open game, Rovers are, are nine times out of ten going to win those games, especially if Jack Byrne gets time in the middle of the park. But yeah, they're they're packing the midfield and unfortunately Jack Byrne is stuck there and he's kind of in a quagmire and can't really get out of it. Um obviously the game against Boz, it was everyone was hoping it would be a bit more of an open game, but they just cancelled each other out. It was just it was a very poor game. And as Nathan said earlier, like this game is definitely one for the supporters. And when there's no supporters there, the the, the intensity just isn't in the game. And it it was very disappointing, especially when the two teams were more or less going head to head for to try and win the title. Um, Rovers got the win. It was a fairly jammy goal, in fairness. But fair play to Daniel Lafferty. He scored three goals in a week. He was there. He was the right man in the right place. Both were a little unfortunate to to concede, and especially so early. But um, it was a poor game. There's no denying it. It's hard to get away from that. But Rovers have taken a five-point advantage at the top of the table. And they're going to be very, very hard to peg back.
1: Yeah, they won't give a damn uh, how poor the game was when, once they've won no. it. I see it now; it's inevitable that they're they're going to go on and win it. They just seem uh, strong enough. Do they go on and win it now from here, uh, Jared?
0: I think so. Yeah, I think it's going to be very hard. And um, like five point gap, it doesn't seem that much. But Rovers aren't going to lose too many games. Um, I can't really see it. They just have too much. And um, you know, they have they're playing Cork next. Of course, then of course they have the Europa League games um, to come against Milan, or the Europa League game to come against Milan. That'll um, put the focus um, away from the league for a while. It might give them an opportunity to kind of just go and play their game. Because Milan are going to, they're not exactly going to put them under too much pressure. It'll be especially when they're on the ball; they'll, give, they'll be given time to play around. And um, then Cork, Waterford, then a, a big game against Dundalk. Uh, I just think. Rovers will have too much boys will have to win all their games from here on in and I just don't see that
1: happening. Yeah. Nathan, you wrote an article during the week on your thoughts and opinions of Stephen O'Donnell, the St. Pat's manager in his first year. Beating 3 0 by Waterford, third bottom, four points off, bottom club. Can he turn things around?
2: Yeah, this is a bit I wasn't looking forward to, I have to say, this week. Um, <laughs> it's it's look it's looking like it's okay saying it it's starting to look like it's a little bit every step but this one. It was um, it was coming The past couple of weeks have been poor to watch But uh, the game on Friday Was outright embarrassing to watch It was a gutless performance It was just no leadership Second to the ball It was just nothing up top Like even George and Kelly Had a couple of half chances And just squandered Each and every one of them I, Honestly I think Even putting it down to just, You know just one of them days A bad game It's just a cop out the Pats have been poor to watch for the past couple of weeks. They haven't won a game in over a month since they've Finn Harps at home in the lake. Yeah, it's been coming and this just seems to be distraught about the Camel's back for a lot of the St. Pats fans which I've seen online like now like on the League of One group pages and forums. This seems to be the one that's really got under the skin of a lot of the Pats fans myself included. It. It, it was, it was honestly it was embarrassing to watch. And don't get me wrong, Waterford had a, had a very good game. They came out probably Pats probably started the better in the first 10, 15 minutes, but soon as Waterford got the first goal, that was it. It was game over then. And yeah, I don't know where Pats really go from here. They're playing Sligo go at home, and the do over the weekend on Saturday. If you lose that game, Jesus, it's we joke and laugh a couple of times saying, "Oh well, it's okay. Lose uh, Cork City and Finn Hartford have been so bad, they'll be Pat saving grace." but they've picked up a couple of wins recently, both Cork City and Finn Harp, so all of a sudden that joke isn't a joke, it's the it's real situation Pat's throwing themselves in, they're staring down the barrel of a relegation battle and you need to start picking up points quickly. I, I, you don't even look like scoring a goal, they might win the game.
1: And do you put that down to O'Donnell's tactics and, and how he's I know people always say philosophy, but uh, do you know how he set his team up or do the players have something to answer for? I mean, the first goal uh, Alistair Coote scored was a calamity of three goalkeeper, two centre halves and, and he strolls in and taps in the first goal. So is it is it all the manager?
2: No, I don't think it is. I think obviously the ball and answer is that like it has to fall at the feet of the manager and the players both do. Like if we're looking at them, what the manager's doing, wrong, For me, it's a consistency with the team, with the starting eleven. Like he's in the job a year now, and he still does not seem to understand. And now he's best, uh, he's best starting eleven. Like, the, the recruitment has been horrendous, which I touched on in the in the article. Last, uh, and we can go and have a read on the big kickoff if you want to see it. We had uh, Tivov who came in, the right void back, and he came in from the when the football at home from the break, and it's been brilliant. He won Pat Player of the Month in August, and he was put on the bench against Watford, this has been a, it's sort of a, it's a team of the whole season The player has been doing well You have someone like Dan, Dan Ward who I've been consistently impressed with I thought he's had a very good run of games but he still can't seem to find himself in the starting 11 like the consistency of it's just all over the place like there's just different players in each and every week I couldn't even begin to tell you who's going to be in the starting 11 now for the game against Slough so that's down to the manager but then down to the players like there's like a lot of games that have just been mistakes by the likes of Brendan Clark, Luke McIntyre at the back. Boy team's a very good young player but for just one reason or another the mistakes are really starting to creep into his game in the past couple of weeks. The Blaster had performing outright at all, like the push on George Kelly. He had a host of chance against Waterford. Didn't put one of them away. Again we mentioned Chris Forrester on the show a couple of times, it's just been a shadow of a former self. He just looked like the players just don't want to play for it Donald with the strains because these are the same players that didn't want to play by Harry Kenny, so like it has to start at some stage, and it has to turn around at some stage. Just, just absolutely, just no leadership out there with them at all, and it's really frustrating to watch week
1: in week out. Have to say, Jared, this is painful to listen to. Uh, you let's let's get let's get, <laughs> let's get your uh, opinion on Pat's and Stephen O'Donnell because obviously players win you and lose your games, but uh, how much of it is down to Stephen O'Donnell? Does he need more time? Should he be given more time? Or is it when the fans start to turn that you know that maybe you're in a bit of trouble?
0: Um, Should he be given more time? Look, I don't know whether he should or not, but does he need more time? You'd have to think so. Um, With with the results and the way that... Like, they're not playing very well. They haven't been playing very well for weeks. Um, I just can't seem to get my head around the whole Georgie Kelly um, situation. Um, Stephen had worked with Georgie before at Dundalk, so he knew him well. Um, himself and Robbie Benson, um, they they they're living together in Dublin. They're they're former teammates, so I think he looked he was looking at that and thinking, look, Georgie's coming in. He's a, he's a proven goal scorer. He'll get his goals. Um, but he he hasn't really produced. Now, what the reason for that is, I really don't know. I think a lot of it was service in some in some of the games, but. As um, Nathan said, there, like that, he had chances on Friday night and didn't take them. I just think that he's trying too hard to accommodate Georgie Kelly in a forward role, rather than uh, Georgie suiting the system or suiting the way he wants to play. Because uh, when St Pat's played Dundalk in the opening game after the restart, St Pat's were excellent. They were they were the better team. They should have beaten Dundalk. They played with, as, as uh, Nathan alluded, to, David Titov was excellent in that game. Dan Ward, you know, they were brilliant, the two, the two of them up top. And even the likes of Jordan Gibson was fantastic. But Gibson hasn't really showed anything since that game. t is on the bench. And as Nathan said, Ward is only playing bit-part games. He's playing one week, not playing the next. It's very hard to get some sort of consistency going when you're playing one week, not playing the next, playing another week. You need a consistency of games. Uh, we thought with Georgie Kelly when he came in that he needed a, consist- uh, a consistent run of games. He's got that, but he just—it doesn't seem to be working for him. And if it's not working, what do you do? You have to change it. And he's not changing it. He seems to be going with the same, same style. He seems to be relying on Georgie Kelly, but there's nobody there giving him that assistance up up top. Um, T-Tobbs, i thought was a fantastic player. I was very impressed with him in the couple of games that he played early on, but just can't seem to get into the team. And they're losing games. You kind of wonder why is that? Is it an attitude problem there as well? I don't know. This thing, this problem with passes going on now for a few years and nobody can seem to solve it. Stephen O'Donnell came in, he's highly regarded. But it's a tough it's tough to go into it to, to a new job as a new coach, a young coach trying to change a system like as everyone's seen this week, even with Stephen Kenny. And he's gone in trying to change the whole um, way of playing with a national team and it's gonna take time. Stephen O'Donnell will he get that time? It's hard to know. Um, Pats are in serious trouble if Cork and Harps get on a run. Pats are in big trouble. Uh, and could you really see St. Pat's getting relegated to the first division at the start of the season? I didn't.
1: No, and when you look at Liam Buckley now at Sligo, how he's turned things around, they're up into third place on 15 points, four points ahead of Pats. And you, you kind of think... Is it be, not because of the managers that are there, is it because there's a little bit of impatience at the club and are not willing to give it a time? And, and again, Nathan, it's one year down the line, is it just impatience from yourself or it has Stephen been probably worse than the, the previous two managers, in your opinion?
2: Uh, look, I hate the whole thing. all of a revolving door system with managers at the club. But answer your question, yeah, I have. Um, I was frustrated on the Harry Kenny, I thought maybe Kenny could have got a, a bit more time in the job because he was sort of let go because of a bad was uh, of the way he used to be in the FBI Cup and normal performance in the day. But if you look at the league, he was it was starting to slowly come together. So I thought Kenny was sharpened a little bit. But without O'Donnell, um, yeah, like it's it, it is it's actively getting worse as the week goes on. Like I know myself if you can sort of put results to one side a little bit, but you can see improvement and if you can see what the vision is and what's gonna what's going on and what sort of players it's looking at, but you can't. Like I couldn't tell you what the vision is for the club or what the like I know I, I can't like you said, like it's you know, all his emphasis and his philosophy, I couldn't tell you what that is, and I couldn't tell you what the start eleven's gonna be. So, um I think if you're gonna look at that you're gonna to have to say it, it, it is. It's the worst regime than what Harry Kenny had because with Kenny, at least you could sort of have a look and say what the story of the play wasn't the best to watch, but you, you knew what he was going for, and you sort of knew what players he was uh, accommodating and what players he was going to put into the team. But with this, having a clear, which just seems like it's just a lottery every week of what's going to come up and what's going to happen. I'd love like to see Stephen succeed, but it, it, it was a fresh. Uh, fresh appointment when he came in it was a good young know, manager it wasn't just it was not a good league of oil manager so I am not just going to come in here and just like bash him for the sake of bashing him or you actually want Stephen Kenny do succeed and I was happy enough when he came in as the manager I thought it could have been a, a way for fresh ideas and fresh just a fresh set of oils in the club because there has been a club going downhill like since not even since Liam Buckley left like, Buckley left under a whole a cloud of unrest and frustration so it's just a shame to see because I'd hate to see Pat fall into the, into the routine of just recycling, a ma- just recycling managers and just be kind of revolving door system with managers that just aren't going to walk out.
1: Yeah, now you mentioned Stephen, Stephen you mentioned Stephen and, Kenny twice there, Nathan. Uh, I, I presume you mean Stephen O'Donnell but does that, oh, mean, does, 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 right, that right. does that mean you have your speech ready for Stephen Kenny down the line? <laughs> <laughs> That's what it probably is. Yeah, I, I
2: have a little bit of
0: patience
1: are ho- already. Are you hoping for him to come in? <laughs> Sorry, Jared. you go ahead. <laughs>
0: Yeah, just on um, just on Pat as well. Their midfield, like I think when Stephen O'Donnell came in, Stephen O'Donnell was a fantastic midfield player. He was able to dominate games, get the ball down, spray it around, and you just thought that he'd be great for the likes of Chris Forrester to give to get his confidence back, get him playing the way that everybody knows Chris Forrester is capable of playing, and even the likes of Robbie Benson. Like there's so much talent there between O'Donnell, Benson, and Forrester. You just thought that they'd they'd improve those players. But it just doesn't seem to be working. Even Forrester wasn't even in the squad last weekend. I don't know whether was whether he was suspended or not or just not in the squad. But it's it's a huge fall from grace for a player that damped, that was probably one of the greatest midfield players in the league a couple of years ago. So it's it's just it's a very strange one. Now even Benson doesn't seem to be at his best either. Like as we go back to the Dundalk game, like Pat were so good in that game. Benson scored the goal, he was coming in from the um he was getting into the box late as the box arriving to score a goal. That's not there for the last few weeks. There's nothing from the same past midfield from any of them. Even uh, Jay McLennan coming in, there's nothing from him either. James Duna. Like, it's a very very poor past midfield and you would have thought that with um, O'Donnell coming in there that he would have had a major impact but it just hasn't been there. Whether that's down to the players or the the, the coach, I re- it's hard to tell and only time will tell but it's just if it's if they get themselves into a, a real disaster situation, as, as Nathan said, they're playing Sligo next. Sligo are on such a role, you really can't see past getting anything out of that game. Um, so I think if you know Cork get a result, Finn Harps get a result, they're the bottom of the table. Where do they go from there? I can't see um, Garrett Kelleher sticking with Stephen O'Donnell if they end up in the relegation spot, I can see
1: Stephen being out in out in his ear very, very fast. Yeah. Nathan, do they do they have the facilities to stream their own games for next season? <laughs> <laughs> nobody <laughs> mess nobody <laughs> mess will <laughs> leave that there. That's Yeah, anyway, we mentioned Sligo who had a, another great win, three one against Finn Harps some may expect it, but it isn't always an easy game. But Jared, I just want to ask you. Ollie Horgan got sent off again. He also had two players sent sent off. Does Oli need to have a little look at himself and the way he conducts himself on the sideline? Because I'm sure, you know, it, it it manifests onto the pitch. If there's frustration, that much frustration on the sideline, surely that's going to creep onto the pitch. Ah, look, I'm a huge fan
0: of Oli Horgan. I love his passion. Yes. You can get sent into the stands. Sometimes that can be a good thing. You can raise um, the players. You can get the players' blood boiled, Get them thinking that everyone is against them, and to have that fight spirit. I think that's a lot to do with it. But there's definitely um, an issue with with uh, Finn Harps as regards um, red cards, and their you know, their, you can't be getting players. They seem to get players sent off on a regular basis, and losing two players the last night against uh, Sligo was detrimental because they were very much in that game. They were one nil down. Um, they got two, They got a player sent off on the hour. Like they gave away two goals in the last five minutes. So they were well in that game. But it's very hard to win games with nine men. Um, I think they're in serious trouble, hard. Um, The only thing they can say to them is, is either the fact that St. Patrick are going to go into free-fall or Cork just don't get enough points. Cork are a bit unlucky in the sense that they've had a lot of their players, even the players they brought in. They've had, they've gone back. They've had injuries, or they've let them go. It just, it just hasn't worked out. Some of their signings, but yeah, look, I like Ali Horgan. I'm a huge fan of his. Um, as I said, his passion stands out uh, for everybody in the League of Ireland. He's, a, he's, you know, he's, he's one of these people that that make the league what it is. You know, he's a part-time manager. He's a school teacher. He he wants to be the manager of Finn Harps. He doesn't want to go anywhere else because that's where he works. Um, he just has so much passion for the game. But Finn Harps are struggling. They they got a couple of good results, but they can't be losing games like that. Especially when they're in the game and losing two players, it's 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 never going to work out. Look, Horgan has he he. It's, what do you say? Like Ali Horgan is always going to be that passionate. He's never going to lose that passion. Sometimes it just it goes too far and he gets himself sent into the stands. But I I don't think he'll ever change to be honest.
1: But could them red red cards be a symptom of? you know he you say it's passion and i do see the passion that's inside him but m- maybe it just needs to just to control it a little bit because might maybe the players just I feel hear- that they have that kind of permission because the, the 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 manager is getting sent off every other week
0: i don't think it's that i like it's it's not a case of straight red cards it's two yellows become a red you know these can be a little hard these can be a little unfortunate at times. time sometimes you just pick up a yellow card for just something silly and then you make a challenge later on the game, you get yourself like sent off. Um, I wouldn't look at it that way. I'd look at it differently. Um, as I said, Ollie just shows so much passion. I know you can look at it that way, and I wouldn't look at it that way. I'd look at it the opposite direction. In that, you know, he shows so much passion on the sideline. He gets his players riled up, not riled up to get sent off, but riled up to get back into the game. Because they have this kind of never-say-die attitude. As everyone is against us. And Ollie plays on that as well, to be fair. In all his interviews, it's the case of, look, we're here for the playoff spot. That's what we're here for. And We're not here to get into Europe. We're not here for mid-table. We're, we're here battling it out for the, for the last spot. We don't want to be in the relegation spot. We want to be in the playoff spot and take our chances. So they have that kind of um, everyone-is-against-us kind of battle at the start of the season. But no, look... Um, I wouldn't look at it that way I, I'd be kind of a guy a flat half full kind of thing there um, I, I'm a huge fan of Ollie, to be honest
1: Shelbourne and Cork Nathan drew at the weekend Shelbourne are probably doing exactly what they expected to do which was in around that mid table would be happy not to be anywhere near the relegation zone and if they maybe got a couple of results to get our push on but Cork can you see Cork getting relegated?
2: Um, I I think Finn Harps will occupy the, the the bottom place, like we said, like it's going to be probably between Cork and St Pat's for the uh, the playoff, um, the relegation playoff.
1: Are Cork strong um, enough though to to do something in that playoff? Um, let's say it's Tralee United. You know, a bit of confidence from the team coming up. Are Cork strong enough now? To did, Again, we said that there doesn't seem to be a lot to Cork and you will get the odd per- performance from them. But uh, are they in a position where they're just strong enough to fend off anyone from the first division and and, and don't have to worry? Or should there be a bit of concern?
2: No, I think there should, uh, should be a uh, concern there because, you know, some, I, really always fancy the team in the fourth the playoffs, the team in the fourth division. Because they're the team coming into with with confidence. They're the team coming in winning games and more than likely scoring goals. With the team that finished in the bottom, in like the second bottom position in the Premier Division. They you know the heads are down, they're trying to get themselves motivated for this game. With the team in the fourth division, they're already motivated. They're already coming in for tails up. They're like if they like, oh they have we win win this game i up in the Premier Division we're playing in the the top tier of football in Ireland where if I sit, look at that Cork City team I watched a bit of the game against Shelbourne it was a good point for them it was probably it's a better result for Cork City probably than for Shelbourne but performance was there was nobody stood out for me and there's was nobody there's nobody again I think I've said a couple of weeks now that you can look at that Cork City team they're going to take the game with a and neck and drag Cork City to a result or drag them to a draw drag them to a win I just yeah I think you made a good point I don't think there's really anyone there that you can see that's going to lift them or it's going to be enough for Cork City to see them not only get out of the, uh, the, the relegation player position but probably survive the playoffs. like if you are coming up against someone like Drotter or Bray or Longfoot or something they're going to have to find it the fourth division team for
1: me I'm looking at the just looking at the games here in front of me now Cork obviously have Shamrock Rovers Pats are playing Sligo and that's going to be a, a hell of a tough game for St Pats if they do lose that um. Finn Harps are playing Derry, and Derry haven't been amazing. Although I do believe they're a far stronger unit than Finn Harps. Didn't play last week, so you know they they could they could be caught unawares there. But if uh, if if Finn Harps did get that win, St Pat's did they, they start to panic do they? Could that could that be the game?
2: Yeah, if we look at the tree like called Pat and Harps. Harps are probably this weekend coming. Harps are probably the most likely to have a good weekend. Like I said, like like Pat and Sligo, Sligo are just looking so good at the moment. I think Pats will be looking to get a draw out of that one. Look, Rovers don't look like losing the game at all, so good luck at Cork and that one. But we're her a few tough in half the other two points on there city earlier in the season. And, you get, and it's, it's in Ballybuff too, which can be a tight, tough little ground to play in. I know, like without the fans, it's, still, it's going to live by a little bit of an element, but it's still a tough place to go. Um, so yeah, we're looking at the three of them that's going to do well probably this weekend looking at Finn hard but I think it could
1: be a nervy weekend for which as much as I hate to say Yeah now obviously they're down to a couple of players being sent off so uh, it will be hard for them OK Dundalk owners are in the headlines again this week with reports that they wanted Dundalk to play their home games in the Aviva Jared, what's this all about?
0: I just think it's a lot of just waffle to be honest I was never going to be a runner wasn't going to be a runner for. I couldn't imagine the supporters would uh, be too happy about that. Um, like it's just there's a lot of waffle going on with the their the, their chairman. Um, the whole size I. It seems to be a lot of talk. Kind of this kind of talk has come out now the last few weeks that if they wanted to go to a player friendly uh, against Celtic and play an under nineteen team against St. Pat, I, I really couldn't see this being a runner. I even couldn't see the FAI letting that be a runner. Um, it just makes no sense. Why would Dundalk want to play games in Dublin when it's of no benefit to them, really? Um, you know, just it makes, it's baffling from from my from from where I'm. I just I just it doesn't make any sense. And I just think that um, if that's the case, I think these owners would want to be gone out of the League of Ireland very very soon because the the club has just been coming a laughing stock at this stage.
1: Yeah, d- i now-
2: the, 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 the the owner the owner tried justify it by saying, "Oh, well, it's okay." We're gonna run a train from Dundalk to Lansdowne Road. Like that makes everything yeah, yeah. better for the Dundalk fans. Like it's, 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 it's a, it's crazy one. Do you it really are a gift that keeps on giving?
1: Yeah, but it, it just shows that the, the the crazy. Not, not reckless but stupid thoughts they have and, and, and that they don't really understand the game of football that you could have two thousand people in Oriel Park and you can have two thousand people in the, the Aviva. They think they're gonna get the fifty thousand in first of all, I think. Um but the atmosphere in Oriel Park is going to be obviously going to lift the team. The two thousand people or three thousand people or whatever it is they get for, for, for the game just wouldn't do anything in Lansdowne Road or the Aviva, so I don't think they see the real picture of the League of Ireland. I don't think they've embraced it. I don't think they understand League of Ireland, and they certainly don't understand football in general, Jared.
0: I don't think it's it's actually the owners. I think Peak Six. I think as as a as a group, I think are not are not the problem. I um, they seem to understand it. They brought in you know um, Mike. Was the chairman when he came in first um, Mike Tracy he, and he seemed to he seemed to understand everything that was good about Dundalk and he talked it up and he said the right thing I just think since um, Bill Hulshizer has got involved as the club CEO he's the father of the Peak Six um, founder um, it just he seems to have no clue um, and Peak, Peak Six seems to be letting him away with, uh, kind of do his own thing and that just makes no sense like he's seventy seven years of age, he has no background in football, no background in any sort of sport that I can I can make out. Um running an academy in the States is one thing, but running a professional football team in Ireland is something totally different. He's come up with some some crazy ideas about is it Gary Rogers taking corner kicks, Brian Garton taking drawings, like that's just crazy stuff as you said earlier, like it just makes no sense. No.
1: Nathan, Darren Meehan, Graham Cummins. About retire?
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm, some, I'm becoming some sort of like a grim reaper, For league of. War. Yeah, I'm
1: stumped when in
2: retirement last two weeks. So. It's like RIP. Dot. EU. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm. To, I'm opening the numbers too. Have two this week. Gonna have about five in about a month. Watch out, lads! I'm gonna have a 30 Well, yeah, uh, Darren Manton was the first one. The uh, I was comparing by at Town on Twitter. Uh, tell. Looking into him, he's a League of Ireland veteran. I, wasn't, I didn't know he was playing in the, in the League of Ireland since 2006. played for the likes of Finn Harve, Monaghan United, UCD twice, Shelbourne, Sligo, Drogheda, St Pat's, Dundalk, Rovers, Longford, and they finished up at Lone Town. He played for like a whole host team in the league. And has been a successful enough career when you look back, especially like into the, the later stages in his late 20s and early 40s won three league titles with Dundalk and an FAI Cup in 2015. So you can not look back at this. it's a career well done. Played 240 games in the, in the League of Ireland between the Premier Division and the Fourth Division scoring 18 goals. So like, it's, it's not a, it is a career to be very proud of it if you look back and all in all I've seen him at St. so and I've seen him play with Dundalk in his later career and very good player in his day I have to say.
1: Yeah, no, uh, thank God it's a, a short season or we mightn't have finished the league off. Okay, you have a few <laughs> you have a few fans' questions that you wanted to put to us.
2: Yeah, as always, thanks for sending them in. You can send them back in. Uh, we always have stuff up in the league of group chat and Facebook. So you can have a look I you can just send them in to any of our social media uh, pages with a big kick-off. The first one was from uh, Simon O'Leary. Simon has told us about uh, Ronan Finn. He made his 300 appearance for Rovers this week, so welcome to Ronan. But Simon wants to know, would you class Ronan Finn as an underrated player? Um,
0: yeah, I don't think he's underrated. I think he's very highly rated, especially around the League of Ireland. Um, I suppose he made his, his, his name at UCD and then went on to have a good career at Shamrock Rovers. Um, he's won three league titles. He's won the FAI Cup twice the league cup. He's never had a very successful career and he's not finished at all yet. Um he was very influential in that Dundalk team that got into the Europa League. And I just think he'd probably still be a Dundalk player today if it wasn't for the fact that he was offered a very good contract at Rovers. Um which included there was there was work a coaching job there as well for him. So I just think you know he's I don't think he's been underrated. Um I think anybody in the League of Ireland would uh would have high high um praise for Ronan Finn Um he's a very talented player doesn't score as probably as many goals as he probably should if that if that was if there was any sort of bad mark against him but um he's, you know he's he, he did so well at Dundalk and he looks like he'll probably get another league title at Rovers Um he brings an awful lot of professionalism into whatever club he plays with and I just think that he's a he's a, he's a high quality player and I definitely would think he's under risk
1: yeah no I don't I I don't think he's under- underrated either. He may be in those kind of positions where he's not a jackborn if you know what I mean. He's not going out and he's not dazzling and he, he does a lot of hard he's, he's I think he's playing wing back now at the moment and He's always going to do the job that you want him to do in in a team. He'll work hard. He'll drive others on. He's he's, he's a good talker. I've seen that many times uh, being over in Tala. Good talker, constantly talking to people. So he's not razzle not razzle dazzle, but he's uh, he's a top pro. So no, I, I, I don't think he's underrated. No, I think I think plenty of people have plenty of time for him.
0: Yeah, yeah he, good, he, good, he he definitely yeah. gets stuck in as well in the middle of the park. Yeah, um, he does a, he does a lot of the dirty work that a lot of people wouldn't really spot in a game. He's there. He gets there. He blocks tackles. He gets involved in in uh, challenges. He's there to win the ball. He just he just seems to be the right man in the right place. Um, when when the ball is there, like sometimes it's not even a, it's not even a case of making a challenge. He just happens to be there in position to get the, to to block balls and blocking. So yeah, he's a fantastic player.
2: Yeah, far from underrated for me. He's just never going to make the headlines just with the the player that he is. move on Mm -hmm. to the second one. Uh, Actually, a really good question to finish up. Uh, This is sent in by Keith Doherty. Keith is saying that uh, with Darren Murphy returning to Waterford, what Ireland international would you like to see return home and play in the League of Ireland? And Keith has asked to be realistic.
0: Yeah, for me, I think the probably two that would kind of uh, stick in my head now would be Seamus Coleman and. uh, what's the, the the winger, Stoke winger, bad uh, McLean, James McLean. I think they probably want to finish their career in the League of Ireland. I think that that's, that's a, a, a fairly well known around the circles that McLean wants to go back to Derry and finish his career there. Um, Coleman coming back to Sligo. But personally, I'm not a huge fan of players coming back to end their career here. I think the um, the League of Ireland now has become very much a young players league, and you don't really want to see uh, season professionals coming back Finishing their career And making a mockery of the game in a sense Look I understand they want to come back Finish out their career um, But I just think the way the league has gone now Is very much a young players players' game But yeah they're the only two for me
1: I'd actually like to see Every and any League of Ireland player Who goes across come back for a season Or two Joey O'Brien came back And he's shown that you can actually come back to the league and do a job do a professional job without making a mockery of yourself um uh, the league's more professional now uh, everyone looks after themselves a hell of a lot better uh, i I'd, I'd like to I'd, I'd like to see them come back and and it would help with the promotion of the game as long as they are coming back and they're not past their sell by date and they can't do what they 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 used to do at the level that's needed in league of ireland but once they're they're, they're capable of of doing it there instead of going to a league 2 team in 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 england or you know into the conference or or what have you come back to ireland play play your in your trade and and give the the league a little bit of a boost
0: i th- i think the one that kind of disappointed me most um, with players coming back was dean delaney or not Delaney. The, um, when he came back to Cork, or, Damien Delaney. When he came, yeah, when he came back to Cork City, um, he just when he played against Bohemians at Daily Moon Park, he just looked shocking for a player that was playing Premier League football only a couple of months pr- prior to that. Um, he was he was all at sea, and his career just went straight down the tubes in within the space of a couple of months. I just think that was very disappointing. Um, so I I so I wouldn't like to see that that kind of a, of a of a player coming back. He was an older, He was thirty. I think he was thirty seven when he came back to Cork. Yeah. So I wouldn't really like to see that happening. But look, if he if, if the likes of the uh, Seamus Coleman or uh, James McLean came back at thirty four, thirty five years of age, still had a year or two left in them, and were still playing at a high level, yes, definitely, I had no issue there. And as you said, Roy, you know, look, they bring an awful lot of experience to the game that they can pass on to the younger generation, I'd be in favour of that. But definitely wouldn't like to see the likes of a Damien Delaney coming back. It's just I, I was it just it didn't look good for the league when they're bringing back a player like that. he got a fairly good deal of Cork at the time and he just didn't he certainly didn't produce anything.
1: Yeah, totally agreed. Totally agreed. Uh, Nathan, yourself
2: I'm actually before I say mine, I'm surprised nobody
1: mentioned Wales. <laughs> I thought I thought Hilda was a
2: model to come up in this one. No, it's, it's a strange that uh, this is the first person that honestly came with me head, so, so I'll like, go with him. Uh Killian Sheridan. I don't know why Killian Sheridan came with me head. Played uh, three games of Ireland in two thousand and ten. He's just been floating around the middle of Europe at the moment, just his playing in the lights of uh, Poland, Israel, Cyprus, just all this we all over the show up ever since leaving Celtic. I don't know why yeah,
0: I don't just, just, Yeah,
2: I don't think I don't think he wants to me. come back though. No, no, I, I follow him on Instagram and he does the odd little, you know, like Q&A and everything and the question does come up every now and again with return the returns with League of Ireland and he just seems happy enough just floating around the school team in Europe and making a few bobs doing that. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah, he, say, yeah he, he just seems to enjoy he, he kind of wants to He he's living his life through football so I think he's happy enough just to keep playing around the world and just and just enjoy playing and seeing the, seeing the world at this stage of his career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very playful
1: and famous. Okay, thanks very much for those questions. That's uh, great and again, uh, get in contact with uh, through the big kickoff 96.4 at gmail.com or through any of our social media uh, or if you see Nathan around tap his shoulder. Okay, lads, thanks very much. Uh, we, we'll talk to you again next week.